What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. We will get to the answers for the trivia question for the Lakers Clippers tickets in a moment. But first, Laura, Laura, what do you got? All right, guys. So um, this person is on my no oxygen list, but he will be removed just for the purpose of this story. Kanye, or Yee, right, Lindsay, as he is now called, uh, debuted a docuseries on Netflix. It actually debuted today, the first part. And it kind of talks about his childhood, his upbringing in Chicago, the next uh, part of this will debut February 23rd and so forth. The second part talks about the college dropout album and how that kind of came about. But I found it interesting that they were talking about how the director wanted to put more of his life out there so people can kind of get to see him in a different light. And he was like, no, he's like, it's OK. Whatever people want to think about me, it's OK. I don't care. And I was like, oh. You know what? I'm not a huge fan of him, but I kind of respect that. That he's like, I don't really care what you think of me. Like, I'm going to do me. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, I know. Like I said, he's on my no oxygen list here. I'm trying to be positive. Yeah. You know? It's nice of him. He's annoying. You know, what can I tell you? He's just annoying. He is. And it was a slow news for me, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It was a slow news. So you had to pull somebody, you had to like make an exception to the oxygen list? Yeah, I did. I did. I really did. Because I have have a good one, but I want to save it for tomorrow. So it was like. All right. mm. We save better stuff for Friday. Yeah, it's Friday, man. Like, hello, Friday. That is what you need to know brought to you by Morongo (laughs) Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. So the question was for the Lakers Clippers tickets. Uh, what part of town was the restaurant that Lindsay mentioned she uh, that were, that Lindsay mentioned she wanted to go to? Uh, that I said I'm not going for their restrictive uh, policies. Well, what seemed uh, to really upset you more so than anybody else was this notion of I bring my own birthday cake in, you cut up my birthday cake, you charge me six dollars for every slice that you cut. Right. I mean, six. it seems excessive. You know, I got it. Yeah, it's kind of. But silly. but you also said they didn't have dessert on the menu. They also do not have dessert on the menu. Yes. At least on the one they have online. All right, let's go to Aaron in East L.A. Aaron! Yes. What's up, what part dude? of town? Um, Venice? That is correct. You win the Lakers Clippers tickets, bro. Let's go. Woo! Congrats, dude. Uh, all right, well, enjoy the game next week, bro, okay? All right, all right. All right. When did the phrase, let's go become like the anthem of every athlete now like when they make a great play it's like let's go and i love it by the way and i'm using it i mean i'm definitely using it but when did it happen like that this is i I think let's go is relatively new i think even though it's really old the way it's being used now i think let's go is being is is very new so if you want to sound cool and young george incorporate let's go I'm not taking advice from you, from Cool and Young. You're not? Hell no. Really? No. Even huh. Sedano like, didn't even know what to say to that. He paused and laughed. No. Let's go is relatively new. Uh, Agree or disagree? Uh, I don't know about relatively new. I mean, everybody's let's go. Let's go. Like you say to somebody, you go, hey, this is a really good slice of pizza. Like, let's go, man. Yeah. No, it's just a piece of pizza, bro. I know, but let's go. Pepperoni all up in it. See the way I used it, Laura? Dude. Let's go. Let's go to the next thing you guys need to talk about. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. Where were you, George? Where were you before I commandeered the let's go part of this whole thing? I'm looking up the... uh the uh, genesis of let's go 
been oh, sports. Oh, no. <laughs> He's like, George wait, now is, I got to check. George, George is the greatest in-show researcher of He's anybody good. in radio anywhere. He is the best in-show researcher there is. Now, one particular story, it's claiming that it was the 2005 White Sox during their World Series run. Let's go. That it became used as like a phrase. Uh Um, But, you know, I I, I have not uh, corroborated that with more than one source. So Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out. Just telling you. Telling you. Everybody's using it. Let's go. Yeah. I was at a high school volleyball game last night. I got dragged to that. You know, which actually I really wanted to go. I wanted to be supportive. But, um, you know, kids make a play. You know, they spike the ball and they're like, let's go. And then they chest bump each other. I'm like, everybody, everybody in sports says, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, live streamers, uh, like the kids who play video games, do it all the time on Twitch, too. Really? Yeah. Like, I just shot that thing. Let's go. So. Telling you, it's but, pretty new. But they're saying, I mean, I, I found a couple stories that it's like the 2005 White Sox. I feel like it's got to be before then, though. Yeah. I, I mean, feel anyway. like it just happened. I think it's 2022. No, it, well, it's definitely not that. All <laughs> the young kids like me are saying it. <laughs> All the young kids like you at 52 are saying it. That's right. Yeah. They say uh, other things that are cool, too, like, um, I'm going to go get me some new fresh drips. You know what that means? <sighs> Laura, you know, yeah, you know what that some, means? Some fresh drips. Yes. That's right, new clothes. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. I'm going to take those new clothes, bring them home to the crib. Oh, my. Just please. <laughs> you really are <laughs> Malibu's most wanted. Yes. Malibu Tay. Oh, my God. Uh, so, anyway, did LeBron subtweet Rob Palenka? So, Sports Illustrated put out the, uh, the picture of Les Sneed's T-shirt at the parade, yeah. F them picks, <laughs> and LeBron quote tweeted and wrote, LEGEND in all caps, MY TYPE OF GUY. Yeah. My type of guy, the kind of general manager that will do whatever it takes. If in the middle of the season he got to go get Vaughn Miller, he will. If in the middle of the season he finds out that Odell's available and wants to come, he'll get him. And if at the end of the season, in absolute desperation, he'll pull a guy out of retirement. This guy will even trade a quarterback for a quarterback when nobody thought you could get out of Goff's contract. That's my kind of general manager right there. The go for it, the all in kind. Oh, LeBron was taking his shot, George, no doubt. Yeah, he definitely was taking a shot. Okay, I mean, listen, definitely. I speak LeBron fluently. Mm-hmm. And um that <laughs> I mean, this is what but this is what I love about LeBron, right? Like I I mean, obviously I love that he's an amazing player. Like let's start with that part of the equation, okay? Um Amazing. And, I mean, yesterday and, you were telling me how old he is. No, no, no. I was telling you he's old and that he can't carry the rest of the squad every single night because the rest of the squad isn't doing their part. Mm. That's what I was saying. I know, but I think he should be carrying everybody. Okay. Not over 82, bro. Keep going. uh, Keep going. Yeah. So it's definitely a shot. I love LeBron because of things like this. Like the I love when passive aggressive LeBron comes out. (laughs) And I don't even know if this is even passive aggressive, (laughs) although technically I guess it would be passive aggressive because he didn't call him out by name. But it's kind of like aggressive aggressive. Yeah. Um, But I love it. I love every second of it. Um, I love this part of covering LeBron because it's just fantastic. On a normal day, you know, if AD didn't get hurt, we'd probably be leading with this and talking about this a ton. Um, But – because of the unfortunate situation with Anthony Davis, we spent a lot of time talking about that, as we should. But I love this. Like, and he's right. He's right. I don't care. Like, if I'm LeBron James, I don't care about your 2027 pick. Right. I don't care. Like, why are you picking and choosing when to 
put a governor on. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. when when are you? Why are you picking and choosing now to hit the brakes? I, you, if you get into business with me, the reality is you're supposed to go all in on every hand at the poker table. No doubt. And remember, the T-shirt said "F them picks." The picks that seemed to be what stopped the Lakers from making a move at the trade deadline. You mentioned it, not wanting to part with a pick in 2027. So when when you say LeBron, I mean both of us analyze it the same way. Um, you speak fluent LeBron. I'm still taking LeBron classes. But the thing is, he's so saying, you did not trade that pick and you could have gotten us better, and they'll trade anything. They'll do anything to win. That's my kind of general manager right there. Maybe yeah. LeBron should fire Rob Palenka, and he should hire Les Snead. Right. Yes, I'm sure that's what, what, what will help. Um, but, yeah, listen. Did, I, I We talked about this the other day. When Rob Palinka told the media <laughs> after the trade deadline that him and LeBron and AD were in concert about not making a move, and then Dave McMinniman reports shortly thereafter, that is totally false, compare, uh, uh, you know, according to the sources I've talked to um, close to LeBron. Like, that in itself already started to, at least in my view, show that there is a schism between the two sides. And now, I mean, I don't even know if you can argue that that's the case, that he yeah. clearly didn't feel that, that he clearly yeah. feels that way. I don't feel like this is a schism. It may have been a schism. Now it's just an all-out, like, I walk this way, you walk that way. Well, if that's I what a schism to... is. It's a split, yes. Oh, it is? Yeah. Your, your vocabulary today... <laughs> Is off the charts. I mean, just seriously. I mean, it's generally, I mean, I speak for a living, so I'd yeah. like to have it. No, your vocabulary is very strong, and it's making me feel very dumb. Sure. But let me just tell you one other thing that LeBron did <laughs> that was super cool. I don't know about you, dude. I loved LeBron last night at the end of the game. Look, he has this massive fourth quarter, scores 15 yeah. of 33. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. There's Aaron Donald sitting courtside. He'd already been at the parade shirtless, drinking. He yeah. was over at James Corden's show and, and doing that. And then here comes AD, the, the AD of L.A. The, there's a new AD in town, people. So Aaron Donald comes walking in, and the crowd goes nuts. And, it, and, and even when LeBron had a big play and he's running back down the other way on the floor, he's high-fiving Aaron Donald. But at the end of the game, when he comes over and he shows him all that love and all that mm -hmm. respect... Dude, I loved that for Aaron Donald. Because when Aaron Donald's probably about 10, 11 years old, LeBron's coming into the NBA. So even though LeBron's 37 and Aaron Donald's 30, I mean, I'm sure Aaron Donald looks at LeBron the way most people look at LeBron. Like, wow, dude, his posters were on my wall. Right. Aaron Donald was going nuts every time LeBron was doing something in the fourth quarter. I thought it was super cool. And yeah. I want LeBron to draw inspiration from Aaron Donald and the Rams. And not so, just give up yeah. on this season. I don't think he's going to give up on this season, Cap. I just don't think it's all it, – it can't – like, he can't dig you out of every hole every time. Like, that's not – he couldn't even do that at the peak of his powers every time because the other teams are also good and get paid as well. Well, then what LeBron needs to do is not carry everybody. He's got to do what Vaughn Miller did. Vaughn Miller got more out of Aaron Donald. LeBron has to get more out of all of his guys. Good luck.
I mean, he's historically done that really well, but this team is basically like his kryptonite at the moment, it feels like. I told you earlier today, I am being naive and simultaneously optimistic. Come on, LeBron. We can do this, buddy. Come on. Yep. You and me. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Let's go. See how I used it? the right way to use it too george let's you go did. LeBron. you did use let's it correctly go. yes yes you did use it correctly do this it is naive <laughs> and it is optimistic yes but come on lebron ah! there it is <laughs> <laughs> that is the best sound drop on this radio station right now i like i like to know that it came from me yeah that is yeah. awesome that is the best sound drop on this radio station. It's not even close right now. Second place right now is your bird sound effect. Yeah. Which one? The flapping? Or no, the, no, uh, not the flapping. The actual the, bird. Yeah, the actual ah! bird is. Yeah. Ah! No, it's definitely that. <laughs> right, that's one. Your bird is two. Yeah. Uh, all right. Coming up next, LeBron apparently... Uh, there was a story today uh, about a book about the 2008 Redeem team, about LeBron and Kobe. Oh, yeah. And Mike Krzyzewski in the middle of all of it. Mm-hmm. And if you're a basketball dork, or if just a sports dork because of the type, the three, like, monster names that we're talking about, it is, it's just a really good glimpse at how teams and professionals work, Right. And how you have to be, to be a coach in professional sports is so hard, even for a guy like Mike Krzyzewski. So we're going to have that coming up in a little bit. Um, I do want to get into um, the Lakers again, though, specifically. Like, you asked me earlier, Cap, can they pull this off? You just did it now. Put them on their back. You know, get guys to play a certain way. You know, do what you got to do to drag them over the finish line. All right, I'm going to give you a realistic approach as to how like what they need to do down the stretch here to make that happen. We'll get to all that coming up in just a second. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. It's <laughs> talking about plural drips, dude. Not just one drip. No, you were just uh, – I see, the way you should have pulled it off was saying that you uh, – referring to, like, a whole wardrobe, not just, like, one one set of clothing. Listen to your girl, Alicia Keys. She's so good. Can she you listen good. to her? She is so good. I think your hearing is going away, too. Why is that? Because I was yelling at you during the break. At no point ever. I sat here literally oh. with my headphones on the entire time. At no point did I ever hear you say anything to me. Wow. I don't know if it's my 60, hearing. 60, man, 60. Now, now, wait a second. Hold on a second. I mean, I do know I definitely am hard of hearing at times. It's what happens 25 years of headphones every day. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back and say maybe uh, wrong button. Depressed. Uh, George heard me fine. Lindsay and I, he, she's like, oh, he's just not there. No. Yeah. Never heard you. <laughs> 
There have been times today that I've heard George talking to Lindsay, but I never heard Lindsay. Well, that that happens because I have to press. A, there's a, a multiple buttons to be able to speak to both of you guys at the same time down the line. Got it. Well, I was hearing George. I wasn't hearing Lindsay. I didn't hear any Laura. None. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would have taken that Laura voice, especially when she says things like, dude. I like how you extend it. It's a D-O-O-O-O-D. By the that way, Cap, my friend just texted me with just, quote, fresh drips with a bunch of skull emojis. Is that, <laughs> the skull emojis good? Does that mean good? They're dead. They, you killed them. He's, like, like, oh, really? like he's making they fun died of you for saying yes. drips. Yeah. Really? Is drips not cool? It's one. It, there's no S. Oh, it's just a drip. Yeah. I mean, okay. Clinton's like got like a whole segment on it called Fresh Drip. Who does? Clinton. Clinton. At least he oh. did about like uh, baseball players, you know, outfits. All right. Well, I didn't realize that he had the fresh drip. I thought it was multiple. I thought it was drips. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Anyway, George, you were about to talk about LeBron and you brought up um, a book that was being published. And I want to hear more about this. Yeah. yeah Mike Krzyzewski wrote a book. Obviously, he's retiring. And in the book, they talk about the Redeem team in 2008, right? Remember, the U.S. obviously, you know, had lost its luster in international play. So they, uh, you know, Jerry Colangelo brought in uh, Mike Krzyzewski to be the head coach and, like, you know, reestablish Team USA, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So on this team, right, it's full of, like, superstars, right? Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Jason Kidd, right, et cetera, et cetera, Dwight Howard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they're playing this exhibition game in Australia, or excuse me, against Australia in Shanghai, right? Because the Olympics were in Beijing. And Ian O'Connor, who's a longtime, you know, columnist and, you know, sports columnist, he he, um, he, he co-wrote the book with Krzyzewski. So he talks about a specific thing in the book that talks about this, this game against Australia in which Kobe is out there, you know, just taking really bad shots, Right. And remember, the problem with the previous team that Larry Brown coached with a young LeBron, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, and Stephon Marbury and those guys was that the shot selection was terrible. They didn't look like a team, right? They didn't play like a team. They played like a collection of stars. And the last few teams, uh, Olympic teams or international teams for Team USA, looked like that. They wanted to be back to being a team, play a team brand of ball, because these other teams that they're playing, the world is caught up, and they play like a team, and that's been beating us, right? So, apparently, while Kobe's taking these terrible shots in this game, LeBron gets subbed out, and as he's subbed out, he's walking past Krzyzewski, and he says, um, he says, yo, coach, you better fix that mother bleeper, as he walked by talking about Kobe. And Krzyzewski knew it, too, and everybody knew it, too, when they were watching the game, like, you know, Kobe's kind of hogging the ball. He's being so selfish. Yeah. So, and by the way, that was in, at that time, there was uh, plenty of discussion about that. But Kobe, understanding the moment, um, you know, eventually came to to playing team ball. And the reason that was, Shashevsky talks about in the book how he was very nervous, but he had to approach Kobe because he needed to make sure he didn't lose LeBron and the rest of those guys by allowing Kobe to play outside of the system, right? And that he says he, he went up to Kobe, he brought his laptop with him, pulled him out, and watched all the video with Kobe and showed the examples of all the poor shots and poor judgment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, look, Kobe, these are bull bleep shots. Um, there's got to be more movement. And then he said Kobe looked right at him and said, I got it, coach. I got it. Don't worry about it. Sorry about that. Which and- I loved reading about where, where Kobe shows 
how he knew he was being selfish with the ball. Coach had pointed it out on video, and Kobe comes off as being very coachable. Yeah, because here's the thing about Kobe. When Kobe has – now, young Kobe, I get all the Shaq stuff, him and whatever. But when Kobe, as Kobe got older, he appreciated playing with other great players because he went through those Smush Parker years, right? So I think because he was used to playing a certain way, right, um, I think that he realized again, oh, I'm playing with a bunch – there's 12 great players on this team, right? Like, I don't have to do all those things that I was doing previously – and he immediately understood that, and it was it was kind of cool to see. Um, and, you know, so – and then there's another story about LeBron specifically where LeBron didn't want to have to do shoot-around, right? right. Mm-hmm. And the uh, coaching staff told him, look, if you lose LeBron, you're going to lose the whole enterprise, right? You can't have LeBron doing that because um, he was complaining about the shoot-around. So they get off the bus. Coach K pulls him aside immediately and says, look – you have to trust that I'll never ask you to do something I don't feel is important. I'm not going to wear you guys out or put you in a bad situation. You have to trust that we're doing it for the right reasons. And LeBron also, much like Kobe, bought in. And he was like, okay, cool, no problem. And one one and- of the assistant coaches said something to the effect of, because I read these excerpts as well, that that was probably the first time that anybody had ever spoken to LeBron like that. Now, remember, that's Correct, this is Cleveland LeBron, the first right. time. Yes. This is 2008. This is 14 years ago. LeBron is 23 years old. He's already established as a monster star. And what coach is going to say to him, hey, 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 man, listen, we're having a shoot around here because that's what I know we need to do. So trust me, you know, and I listen, you said it earlier, you know, if you're a basketball dork, you know, you're going to love a book like this. You don't have to even be a basketball dork. I mean, it's just so interesting to see the kind of coach that Krzyzewski was and how he managed personalities together like Kobe and LeBron. I think it's really interesting. And it's, it's why, you know, you know, there was even years later, right. When LeBron left Cleveland, you know, he went to, as he like, you know, I don't think he refers to it on the record this way, but I, I, you know, it's basically, he went to military school, right. For four years after that, because it, uh, things are done a different way where he went and, and he learned that and then brought, you know, brought some of that discipline, quote unquote, uh, to Cleveland the second time around, you know, where he, kind of held guys to a different standard because he understood there was a standard from that Olympic experience and from his quote-unquote military school experience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there is definitely some of that. You know, like that first stint in Cleveland, you know, LeBron was a kid. I mean, of course he wouldn't know how to lead. I mean, he led a certain way, but it wasn't the way that one would assume he should be leading, you know? I think it's interesting, though, also that the guys on the team were telling Shashevsky, hey, look, you can't lose LeBron because by that time – LeBron was already like the next up and coming great, you know. Correct. Yeah. And Kobe had been a little bit later on in his career. There would still be a lot more to Kobe's career, obviously. But to to have everybody on the team, and and you mentioned guys on the team. I mean, I was just looking at a picture. You know, there's Chris Paul's on that team, and I want to say like Amari Stoudemire. I mean, I'm just trying to look at some of the guys and go, wow, look at all these older dudes now. They knew then. Hey, LeBron's the guy we all have to cater to. Back then, and he was a 23-year-old guy or 25-year-old guy, whatever it was. Yeah. I'd read that book. What's the last book you read? What's the last book that I've read? Um, So I've actually just started a book that my pal Chris Herring, uh, who worked at ESPN, 
who works at 538 now. He's a basketball writer. He's one of the sports writers for 538 at ABC. Uh, he wrote a book about the Pat Riley New York Knicks, um, and I'm reading that. So, yeah, I, I also can't remember the last book I read. I'm currently starting a book called Scale or Fail, yeah. and it's, uh, it says how to build your dream team, yeah. explode your growth, and yeah. let your business yeah. soar. Yeah, the so one before these... that though was also a basketball book. It was Ben Golliver's book on uh, the bubble experience. Mine also was a, a business book. It was by a guy named Richard Jaffe, and I just can't remember the name Wait, of the but book. Wait, how, how is that related? How is that also related? I well, because you said that your last you're reading a basketball book, and your previous book was a basketball. Oh, book. You're, I'm so reading you're a business two book. Business books, right? I'm I'm yes. going back oh. to back business. I thought books. you were trying to relate it to the basketball book. I'm like, you're <laughs> not reading a basketball book. Though. <laughs> no. Although that guy Richard Jaffe, I will tell you, um, he is one of the owners of the uh, of the of the Suns. I mean, he's one of those like minority owner type guys. Yes. So I mean, I guess so. Maybe it's, a little... it's te- yeah, it's like uh, basketball adjacent is what yeah, you would call it. Right. There's a little basketball somewhere in there. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, big deal or no deal? Everybody's favorite segment in the six o'clock hour. We're going to do that next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thank you, Christopher. All right, Linz, what do we got in Big Deal or No Deal? All right, so Olympic figure skating spoiler here if uh, you're planning on watching the broadcast tonight. So if you are, just don't listen to this because I'm going to spoil it for you. Earmuffs. Uh, Camila Valeva finished fourth last night in the women's individual figure skating competition at the Olympics. This, of course, was just a couple of days after she was cleared to participate despite testing positive for a banned drug. This thing is like... Hardcore Olympic controversy, everybody's talking about it. But is the fact that the girl, who's supposed to be the best in the world, didn't even meddle in the midst of this doping controversy a big deal or no deal, Cap? It's a big deal. And I I think the reason I say it's a big deal is because I'm thinking to myself, if I'm this young lady, and let's just say that they put drugs in her body against her will, And then she gets busted, and she's like, oh, thank God, I'm actually busted, and I don't have to represent this team. And then they're like, no, no, you're good. You can perform. So then how does she kind of get back at them for doing something to her that she didn't want them to do? She falls like three times and doesn't meddle. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but the pressure that is on these young ladies in particular, because what's the girl's name? She's the skier, the American skier. Did you guys hear her story? No. No. 
Uh, which I didn't one? watch. Which I didn't one? watch very much of it. I just don't like watching the Winter Olympics, to be honest. With but you. the storylines. Listen to this. There's this girl skier, this American skier. I wish I knew her name. She was the number one far and away best skier coming in, mm. and three times in all three disciplines, like slalom, giant slalom, and whatever else the other one was, she fell three times. She right. sat on the course for 20 minutes. Yeah, the pressure sometimes gets to you. I think it'd just be as simple as that. So I think big deal because it was so such a big story. But I do think pressure mounts up, and maybe that's what it was. There was just too many eyes on a 15-year-old. It could be as simple as that. All right, what's next? All right, so Mary J. Blige, Cap's favorite. Love her. Oh, Cap's girl. Love her. No more drama in her life. Love that song. She said that she's insisting, insisting that she's unfazed by all the haters. What haters? Well, you. you, I'm not a hater. Well, there are some. Some conservative viewers had expressed disappointment and outrage over the hip-hop-oriented Super Bowl halftime show, with some people yeah, claiming see that. That's that it ridiculous. was yeah, people thought it was like too sexual or provocative what? for family audiences. Which this has been like the least provocative one in years. Yeah, I know. But but Mary J. She handled it. Like I mean, a pro. Shakira basically did like the uh, right. you know the, the uh, Scarface tongue to the right. entire world. Right. You know? Right. So Mary J. said that it's just a small conversation compared to how huge the event really is. Hip-hop is here. It's more than just a small thing. It's just as big as rock and roll right now, and I don't pay attention to all those haters. Are Mary J's haters a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Uh, big deal because we live in this tribalistic society and everybody hates everything and everyone hates each other and somebody's got to take a stance. It's why I'm off social media mostly. Like I don't care. I don't want to hear about what you think. Um, if, if, you, if you don't like it, cool. Whatever happened to like... Like, I, it's so funny. Like, look, I, I'll give you an example, right? Like, there are uh, people in the media that have shows, right, that I don't like their content. Not that I don't like them personally because I don't know them personally, but I don't like their content. You know what I do? I just don't listen. I've heard it a little bit, and I'm like, eh, not for me. I don't need to sit here and, like, chastise everyone for listening to them or whatever. Like... I just feel like we live in this world where everybody needs to just have a hot take, and they do it. A lot of people just do it for the sensationalism of it, and it's just, like, really annoying. But I was surprised that there was, you know, she says hate. I said to you guys, I didn't know her second song. Right, but we're not talking about no, you. We're talking the, no, about... No, no, the, the it's hate... Not, haters I, isn't, like, literal hate. It's just, no, like, no. a hater that anyone who's, like, doubting or criticizing. No, 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 but hold on. But there was real hate. That's the thing that I couldn't believe. There was real hatred out there, like... I heard a lot of these people like, oh, my God, how could they put Snoop on the stage or Dr. Dre, the things they've said about the cops? I'm like, are you guys for real? Like, this is a performance of music, you know, and they are really popular artists. And and I heard some guy say about Mary J. Blige, you're like, Grandma, put on some pants. I was like, bro, she looked amazing. That costume was incredible. The dancing was like, it's amazing how I see art and performance and somebody else sees political things. Okay, now, look, here's the thing. Everything is politicized now because it's stupid, because it's people do it for money and clicks. But what I would add is that those are the same people that probably also used to complain about Elvis Presley gyrating his hips <laughs> in the 50s. Like, you know? Oh, my God, so, they showed his hips moving. Yeah, exactly. So it's just Hey, stupid. Gladys, did you see that? Turn channel. We can't see that. Yeah. So anyway, next. So an extensive new study has found evidence that links physical attractiveness to the functioning of the immune system. thought that you guys might like this one. So when analyzing the findings, authors found that people whose faces were seen as attractive had relatively healthier immune function, especially in regards to bacterial immunity. So they were less likely to get sick. So basically, the better looking you were considered to be, <laughs> like the more healthy you are. 
<laughs> Are these findings a big deal or no deal? Sedano? Um, I mean, I guess it's a big deal. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I would need to see more research on this because I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I, it seems silly to me, but whatever, I guess. I'm going to say no deal, but, you know, look, if you're hot, you're healthy. I didn't really know that that was the case, but I guess that's what this study shows. I you're, think it's a big deal because then it just makes everybody want to be more beautiful, right? Not everybody can do it. I mean, nowadays it's, you know, it's a lot easier now than it used to be. You got all kinds of stuff. And I just feel like it, it's kind of like promoting a, you know, an already unhealthy culture, right? Yeah. Really? Is that what you took away from that? Yeah. It's pretty Because heavy. everybody's so obsessed with like looking good and being pretty and being beautiful. And so, you know, now that people are like, oh, now not only am I looking good, that means I'm also healthier just because the study said so. I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of it's kind of weird. Okay, I'm with you. All right, so next one. LeBron joined Nike's Metaverse efforts this week, making a virtual appearance in Nike Land, which, uh, Cap, I guess the best way I can explain it to you is it's Nike's digital space in the Metaverse, but it's in a video game called Roblox. And Nike. Oh, Roblox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard about this. Okay, cool. So, yeah, Nike has like their digital space, whatever, in Roblox. And they also released their first NFTs. Their NFTs sell for more than $14,000 on the secondary market, which is just completely crazy to me. But is LeBron endorsing Nike Land in the metaverse a big deal or no deal, Cap? I'm going to say no deal. I mean, LeBron is a Nike spokesperson, so it would make sense that anywhere they're trying to do marketing, you'd want to use LeBron's name and face and likeness and what have you. I just need to get some of these Oculus goggly things so I can get into the metaverse. Does anybody have a pair yet? I don't, no, I'm waiting for the Apple ones, I told you, because they're going to be sleeker looking. They're going to look just like regular glasses. Yeah, I don't know if I can wait that long. Yeah. Someone's supposed to send me some. We'll see. Uh, big deal. Yes, you know how I feel about the metaverse. I think I'm it's glad a big... LeBron is, is joining us there. Yeah, I think it's a big deal because LeBron is very careful about what he puts his name on. And the fact that he's willing to, like, you know, because we've talked about, like, cryptocurrency failures and stuff like that in the past with celebrities endorsing things. So the fact that, like... Obviously, it's Nike. I don't think they're set up for failure by any means, but the fact that LeBron's like totally behind it, I think it's awesome. Yep. It's, very, it's very futuristic, and I'm sure he wants a piece of that pie. All right, last one. Yeah. USC quarterback Caleb Williams has signed one of the most unique NIL deals to date. Caps oh, I saw story. that. Yeah. yeah. So Williams has entered into a long-term agreement with Hawkins Way Capital, which is a real estate private equity fund based out of Beverly Hills. So the deal is intended to teach him, you know, kind of like the ropes of the real estate world with the possibility of partnering on future investment opportunities. So it's kind of like a mentorship slash apprenticeship type of thing. So is his unique deal a big deal or no deal, Cap? I'm going to say it's a huge deal. Um, I was reading this story and I was blown away You know, here's this kid, Caleb Williams, who's going to transfer from Oklahoma to USC. And the reason you do that is not necessarily because USC's got a better football program. It's because there's more money to be made in L.A. than there is in Norman, Oklahoma. And to start your your business career now at 19 years old, get yourself in with a really big firm, and hopefully you get into the NFL, make a ton of money, invest it, and you're you're making more money off the field than you are on the field. I. Listen, I've been the old-fashioned guy who wasn't really into the whole NIL deal, but I got to say, you don't know what's going to happen to these kids in their futures. If you can make money now, brother, go for it. 
Yeah, and of course the internship part is also not under should not be understated as well. So I think it's a big deal. You got any more? That's it for big deal or no deal today. It's a good one. Very solid. Very, very good big deal or no deal. There you go. All right. Uh, Coming up next, you got some scotteria you want to get off your chest? Ooh, I'm glad you you brought that up. I don't, but I will. I mean, it's your birthday, so, you know, we can ask you about that, too. I do want to well, get Well, we didn't really bit. get to the conclusion of that whole conversation, which is where we started today's show, so it'll all come back like a Larry David bit. All right, let, let's do that at the, in the next segment. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Cap would love to be like Mike. Oh, well, dude, I mean, we, we share the same birthday. I know. That's as close as you'll get, though. I know. Um, hey, by the way, also send a, a birthday wish to another legend, Jim Brown, the great Cleveland Browns running back who lives yeah. in L.A. It's his birthday as well. Happy birthday, Jim Brown. I met him at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It was funny. We were at, like, the NFL Network, one of the hotels where everyone was just, like, sitting there hanging out. And he walked in, and like no one, no one realized that Jim Brown was walking in. You know, all these people that talk about football for a living. And I was like, "Hey, look, it's Jim Brown." I went over and I got a picture with him, but my eyes were closed. Still oh, mad no. about that. Oh man, that's a shame. I know it's so annoying because it's such a good yeah. picture, except my eyes are closed. That's why you take mm. multiple pictures, you know. I know, but it was just so quick, and I didn't want to bother him. And he was with his daughter, and I was just like, "Oh, oh but Mr. he's such Brown. a sweetheart of a guy." You see, Jim Brown, he, he loves being. I didn't want to hey, bother him. Jim Brown, you're such a great guy. I love you, man. I, I don't mean to bother you guys, but uh, the Lakers just announced that Anthony Davis had an MRI and that he uh, has a my, mild, or excuse me, mid foot sprain. Um, so what that's that not about? good. Is that two months, three months? What is that? Is that, is he that won't easy? be reevaluated. Can I say what the hell the answer is? What is this? Is he out for the year? Come on, tell us. He'll be reevaluated by team doctors in approximately four weeks. Oh, goodness. Oh, good God, man. I... Listen. Ah. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, look. That's how I feel, yes. <laughs> this guy is down on the ground last night, writhing in pain. When they said two weeks, I went, if he's only out for two weeks, then that was really like soccer drama, you know, down there on the floor. Because that looked like a man who was hurt for a long time. Oh, man, four weeks, huh, George? Yep, at least before the evaluation. Seriously, with 24 games remaining, and I would have to look at the schedule to see what what four weeks out looks like and where they are in the schedule, how many games they'll play in the next month. But let me say this. You, you can say that the Lakers season is over, 
Maybe. But what we can say is Anthony Davis' season is over. More than likely. If I had to guess. Mm hmm. Yeah. God, really. that sucks. So, wait, is the foot sprain in, in addition to the ankle sprain? Or, or did they change the diagnosis? Or do you not know? No, I mean, mid-foot injury is basically that he's probably got some li- – If I ha- again, I don't want to speculate on this. Though. Come on, Dr. My guess Sedano. is there's more damage than just the ankle is my guess. Okay. That, I mean, I wasn't trying to be smart about it. I was just – No, being- no, I'm just telling you because I don't want to say something that all of a sudden it's like, hey, George Sedano at ESPN said blah, 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 blah. Um, we well, can so call it- in and ask Dr. Clapper tomorrow. My guess is that he's got more than just an ankle sprain. And and I think everybody's guess was there's no way he's down on the ground like that, and it's only a two week thing. Because if it's only a two week, oh no, immediately I knew that was right. like nonsense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. guy was in bad shape last night. I'm telling yeah. you. When it's and by the way, when it's that vague, that's never good. Like when the when the like the team responds and it's that vague, that's usually not a good sign. That's just me personally. Yeah. From my history of like covering sports, I generally think when teams say that, like it's never a good good thing. Like I said, it was nice to see DeAndre Jordan contribute to the team last night. Did a nice job of carrying, yeah. carrying AD off the floor. The joke wasn't as funny the first time. It definitely wasn't that You funny know, it just second. sucks, though. Like, he's another one of these guys that when he was signed, it was like a celebration happened. Oh, my God, they got DeAndre Jordan. Well, I don't know about that. Like, we had him on. We were just like, he literally told us he was going to play a role. Yeah, but <laughs> like, there's no role. Role is helping carry injured guys off the floor. Yeah, I mean, well, I can't what, do you, what do you expect? He does as many push-ups as you. Yeah, that's true. No, he said he could do 50, and I was only capable of doing 43. Okay. So, you know, I just I, I figured the margin would be higher. That's all. <laughs> right. You figure he could out-push up me by more than seven. Yes, exactly. I understand. I do. All right, George, you want to uh, finish up with a little Scotteria? Uh, well, before that, it's your birthday. What do you got going on tonight? Well, I'm glad you asked, as a matter of fact, because that's what I wanted to talk about tonight with Scotteria. Thank you. Good set. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So my girlfriend who Chris thinks I should be breaking up with. She put together a dinner tonight. Totally uh, false. Okay. She put together oh, a dinner you, tonight. Yeah. It's, uh, she invited me. It's my birthday, so that was nice. Um, my two daughters, which is great, Rachel. Uh, she invited her parents, who I adore, which is nice. Uh, invited Dr. Sonny, uh, Dr. Z, my boy Blair, my boy Dato. Oh, yeah, just my boys, you know. Yeah, yeah your it's boys? Just, yeah. My boys. Um, are, they, are the boys coming with the with the wives or the girls yeah, or whatever? I, I don't think so. I think you know, so. It's just you. Rachel's going to this. Yeah, me, Rachel, Wait. her parents, my two daughters, and like four of my pals. Oh, okay, that's an interesting, interesting mix. It's a hell yeah, of a then, crew. Yeah, then my girls will probably go home, and we'll we'll probably stay out a little bit. Totally go see, false. You're gonna go see like a uh, yeah, and after the night, are you gonna be like fresh as a daisy for the show tomorrow? Or are you gonna be more like? Bleh? No, I'm going to I'm going to make sure that tomorrow before the show I'm I'm taking, you know, whatever I need to do, coffees or you know, I I don't think we're going out getting crazy tonight, but we might have a couple go of pops. A, go see a cover band? You know I love not cover bands, tribute bands. Right. Yes, you know, people get very offended when you there's say a cover bands. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> like we looked at each other like what's the difference? No, there's a huge difference. A huge well, difference. Really like what? Well, well, a cover band yeah. is a band that plays lots of different songs from lots of different bands. But a tribute band is very specific. They only play one band. So I love there's a band that's a queen. Um, that's the same thing, dude. No, no, no. It's not the same. 
Cover band and tribute band is very, very different. I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. Very different. Okay. You will offend musicians if they are but in a tribute band. But what's the difference is what we're asking. Like You didn't exactly. explain it very yeah, no, well. No, no, I explained it to you. So, so if you're a cover band, you may play... Uh, you may play 25 songs, and they're from different bands. You're a cover band. You cover lots of different songs. When you're a tribute band, you only play Rolling Stones. You okay, only play Queen. But you're covering Queen. Right, so it's the band. same thing. B- but you also dress up in costume to look like Queen. You Yeah, but there's and- such a thing as like cover bands that only do specific yeah. groups, too. No, those are called tribute bands. No, no, I'm looking at it by the definition <laughs> yeah, no. here in the dictionary. Literally says a band whose repertoire consists of versions of songs by another artist rather than the original material. Mm-hmm. An example, a Led Zeppelin cover band. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you guys right now. Um, I know it's usually three against one, and I'm usually the one. Yeah. In this particular instance, I'm so confident that I'm right. No, not really. Yes, sir, coach. Yes, sir. In all three phases of the game, I'm very grateful for Raheem Morris in all three phases. I'm so right. If there are musicians out there that play in tribute bands, they will call and say, Okay, but what I'm just saying is, like, this is Merriam-Webster's definition, not mine. Well, Merriam-Webster needs to get a little more contemporary, old lady. No, dude, you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you think so, Laura, but, you know. I mean, mean, maybe maybe there's more subtleties to it that you're not explaining, but, you know. There is a difference between a tribute band and a cover band. I'm I'm sure there has to be, but just the way you're explaining it sounds like. And I'm not going to see one tonight, unfortunately. Although I am seeing seeing one Tuesday night of next week. What kind of meal? You don't have to tell us the restaurant, but what kind of meal are you thinking? Um, well, that's a good question tonight. Will they, ha- will they charge you uh, $6 to cut your cake? They will not. Not, not at this place. No, no, no. Okay. Not at this okay. place. Okay. No, this is, we're going like to have a very Lindsay nice dinner to tonight. Go to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's almost seven o'clock. What time are you going? Dinner's at seven 30. Oh, so then why yeah. did you just say 10 minutes ago you're hungry and you wanted to order something to eat? Ooh. No, I didn't want to order something. I just want something to eat right you now. You were going to so, spoil your birthday dinner? Wow. Well, let me tell you guys, wow. this is what I wanted to talk about with Scott Aria. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. So here goes. Do we have Scott Aria music still? I don't even know. I'm just... We do need some. We do need some. No, we had some. So I mean, um, we improvised. Yeah, so birthday gifts. Let's talk about birthday gifts here this evening in Scott Aria. Yeah. So my daughter, 18 years old, said to me, Dad, I really want to get you a birthday present. Right. What do you want? Mm. And I must tell you that I didn't have an answer. I literally did not have an answer. This I, I never have this. an answer for that, by the way, either. So. Right. I don't have an answer. So a friend of mine today called me. Mm-hmm. It's about 1030 in the morning. Yeah. And he said, um, hey, man, I wanted to call you and let you know that I got you a birthday present and it just arrived at your house. Oh. And I said, well, that was really sweet of you. You didn't have to do that. That was so lovely. And he said to me, you know, I was having a hard time figuring out what to get you. What do you get the guy who has everything? Now, George, I don't look at myself as the guy who has everything. I mean, you do, though. Well, I, you know, listen, I'll say this. You, you're, you're, I mean, listen, I look at it that way, too. Like, I got a lot of stuff. I don't really need anything. Like, I'm just cool. Like, I would be just cool having the dinner, like, to be honest with you. Well, that's so. So now I'm like, wait a second. So you mean to tell me you you have a birthday gift that just arrived at my house? Really? Right. Yeah. He goes, yeah, go out to your front door. It just arrived. Right. It's a CD of Missy Elliott. Okay. Okay, go ahead. So you go outside your house. Walk out your front door. Your birthday present has arrived. It's a tribute band. It is not a tribute band, although if the Foos Fighters were out in front of my house playing, 
you know, hero or something, that would be great. Yeah. On my doorstep was a great, great gift. What's I've, that? I've never done this before. I've never mm -hmm. received this before. I've never okay. given this before. Okay. This is an amazing gift mm -hmm. for somebody that you think has it all. On my front door, George, there was a bag. Okay. And inside that bag, there were two more bags. Okay. And inside those two bags. Was two more bags? Nope, nope, nope. Oh. oh. Inside those two bags were two, they were wrapped individually, spicy chicken Chick-fil-A sandwiches. <laughs> That's funny. And I looked down at this thing and went, Wait, the birthday gift is two Chick-fil-A sandwiches? And he was like, yeah, that was your gift. And I freaking crushed both of them. Yeah, and they happy were, They were fire, dude. That was the longest explanation for a story with very little payoff. Yeah, sure. but it was dramatic. <laughs> but it was very dramatic. Just it saying. It was totally dramatic. But that's kind um, of a fun gift. Like, I've never done that before. Like yeah. if you have somebody Just send someone food, yeah, yeah like I that's mean, hard to get a gift for. Wait, you're like, you so you ate already? No, this was earlier. No, in the it was day. all earlier um, in the day, probably. Yeah, um, two spicy right. Chick Fil A sandwiches. Yeah. With extra that build up that you're so we're going to give somebody a gift on your birthday. Caller number seven right now wins a Rams championship hat. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. Scott, get out of here. Go enjoy your dinner. Happy birthday, brother. Hey, thanks everybody. Really appreciate it. everybody hitting me up on social media. Appreciate that. Much love. Okay. Lindsay and Laura, excellent work as always. We will talk to you mañana. Full show tomorrow on a Friday before the All-Star break. See ya.